Hello and welcome to Overburden, the podcast for postal workers. I'm Brandy Hughes. And I'm Kevin Hitchings. And today we're going to talk about plantar fasciitis, which is something that's very common for especially letter carriers, but um, anyone who's on their feet a lot. Yeah, 10% of the population has it at one point in their life, and apparently 4% have it at any given time, 3 to 4%. Oh, really? So it's super common. Uh, before we get started, though, before I forget, because the last couple episodes I forgot, I said I'd update you on my uh, at-risk employee program. I did one hour of in-depot training, which was pointless. I think I mentioned that. And they did show up to audit me on the street once. I told them I needed a shop steward, and they left. So still nothing has happened there. Uh, also, we've had some questions. We had local elections here, and we were asked if we were going to keep doing this. This has nothing to do with local elections. We have always planned to take a break in November and resume in January, and we're still going to do that, but uh, got a few more weeks, and then we'll definitely be back after Christmas. You'll have to survive Christmas without us. So. Yeah, but we'll have a few more weeks before then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so back to plantar fasciitis. Okay. So the plantar is a thick band of tissue that runs from your heel to your big toe, and that's where most people feel it first is in their heel, a really uh, generally sharp pain. That's where I felt mine when I had it. Although I did feel it on my toe. I guess most people don't feel it on the toe end so much. Mm -hmm. uh, they used to think it was an inflammation of that tissue, uh, which is why they call it uh, fasciitis. Itis generally means swelling of. Mm -hmm. uh, but they recently discovered it's more of a breakdown of that condition and it doesn't swell much at all. So it's basically where that... Uh, the plantar connects to the heel is where it occurs. Okay, so if if you have this condition, you might feel like a stabbing pain in your in the bottom of your foot, like like you said, usually near the heel, but anywhere along the bottom of your foot, really. And it's usually worse first thing in the morning. That was your experience as well, too. Wasn't yeah, it? anytime you take a rest, it's, it would feel fine and have no problem whatsoever. And then as soon as I put it down, it would be like someone shoved a knife up my leg. Yeah, mine was really bad, but partly because yeah. I'm stupid and I ignored it for quite a while. <laughs> and I'm like, it only hurts for a bit. I'll walk it off. And then I got to the point where I was having to walk two or three hours on a, to, to walk it off. And yeah, you should obviously get care before that. Uh, be smarter yeah. than me. But that's common that it that it will not it will be, it will get better with exercise and then it will hurt after. So it, like it'll hurt first thing. When you haven't moved it, and then as you're moving it, it will feel better. But then when you stop moving it again, it starts to, to hurt again. Right. And they don't really know what causes it. Uh, I was told early on in my postal career that I would almost guarantee get it. Most letter carriers do get it at some point. I've heard not, that too. Yeah, not all of us, obviously, but a lot. And if you talk or ask around your depot, you'll realize that is the case. Everyone who's been here more than five or ten years, a lot of us have probably had it. Yeah. Um, there are some risk factors associated with it. Um, it's most common to develop it between the ages of 40 and 60. Uh, certain kinds of exercise can uh, cause it to happen. So long distance running or walking, dancing, aerobic dancing. Um, the, the way that you walk might contribute. So sometimes uh, going and seeing a specialist about your gait and maybe correcting that could help. Yeah, it's not usually a good idea to try and change your gait. Not on your own, no. But no, if a, usually you do that with orthotics and with a professional, but don't try and change the way you walk on your own. That usually causes more damage than not. Yeah, because you'll end up overcompensating, like trying to fix one thing hurting. You'll end yeah. up messing something else up. Like I know mm -hmm. it's really easy to do that where you'll like turn your leg a different way and then your hip starts to hurt. Yeah, and it's it like, be well, really hard on your knees too. Yeah. Um, also, if you're overweight, that can put extra stress on, on the muscles in your feet. And uh, if you have a job like ours, working in the plant, 
uh, standing for long periods, walking long distances, um, especially on hard surfaces like concrete, which all of us are very familiar with. Those can all contribute to developing sure. this. And it's a little more common in women because during pregnancy they have uh, a lot of changes, of course, and some weight gain. And stretchier everything. Sure. <laughs> and then women's shoes tend to abuse their feet in general. Oh, yeah. You know? So runners are fine, but all those high heels, of course, are not good. Uh, and, well, women's shoes are notoriously not supportive. No. <laughs> and that's an, another big thing that can, can contribute if your shoes are worn out or not, don't have proper supports for your arch then yeah, and you can develop this. One of the things you'll notice fairly quickly if you look into this is the extremes of causes. They don't really know what causes it for sure. But if you look at it and kind of read between the lines, it's either not using your feet enough or using them way too much. If you never use your feet, if you're sitting at a desk all day and you don't stretch them, then that's a little bit of a shock on the tendons. It's not used to being a ligament because it's not used to being used. At the same time, if you overuse it, that also causes problems. But there are ways we know that you can prevent it. For prevention, uh, some things you can do is obviously um, getting good footwear, supportive footwear, replacing your uh, athletic shoes when they start to wear out is kind of key because if you're if you're walking on like flattened, worn out shoes, this is going to increase your risk of developing plantar fasciitis. Almost all of us don't stretch enough. Any stretch yeah. that does the bottom of your foot, pulling back your toes, uh, you can roll your foot on a... a pop can or beer can or just taking your fist and just rolling around the bottom of your foot and then and if you already have plantar fasciitis using a frozen bottle of water can be really can really help relieve the pain too yeah doing it on a non-frozen one was almost impossible when I had mine it was really painful I had a significant bone spur too plantar fasciitis can often cause a piece of bone to come up from your heel extend along that that ligament which is yeah quite painful but yeah frozen can definitely help some and not a lot of pressure, of course, yeah. kind of is poking into that spur. So, so yeah, as you said, basically any um, any stretch that that's stretching your toes up towards your shin, that's going to stretch your calf and also the bottom of your foot. Yeah, and tight calf muscles are strongly associated with plantar fasciitis too. Right, and there's some other some other exercises I've seen are uh, trying to pick up a towel with your feet, foot. So like laying a towel on the ground and then just trying to grab it with your foot, yeah, not it, with your toes, with your foot itself. Or the same thing with a ball. Okay, anyways, it's possible. <laughs> so that's prevention, which is also a lot of the treatment as well. If you have plantar fasciitis, that's a lot of the things your podiatrist will tell you to do. All those right. stretches, uh, probably some hot or cold compresses on it. And orthotics, of course. Uh, when I went to my podiatrist for it, I went in to, to see her. And it took about, I think, two weeks to actually make orthotic. And when I got it, I said, so how long am I going to need this? I'm going to need a back-to-work program over the next two or three weeks because I, I was in, I couldn't even put my toe to the ground uh, for a lot of the time, and it was pretty severe. And I was off work for two weeks waiting for this to come in, where it was just sorting. And she said, no, give it to me on a, a Thursday of a long weekend, I think. And she said, you should be fine by Monday. And yeah, I obviously didn't believe her, but on Monday I did a, Full walk and it wasn't super comfy but it wasn't painful either and awesome. yeah just um, from not being able to put my toe to the ground for more than a few steps to yeah, walk you, in a full you were route. walking like you were wearing high heels for a while there I was walking on one toe and actually delivered <laughs> yeah. part of my route like that because again <laughs> stupid if you happen to be in Saskatoon Dr. Sarah Jane Roche 
Yeah, anyone you talk to either has a podiatrist that is was okay or it's Dr. Sarah Jane. Half the city has gone to her and she's the best. Yeah, if you want to have your problem solved. Yeah, not see into this lady. not into plugging products on this podcast or, or people, but she's really good. If you think that you have this and you you probably are going to have to go see a regular doctor first to get a referral to a podiatrist. Not in Saskatchewan. Not not here? I thought so, but oh. no, I went and he's like, why are you here? Just go to a podiatrist. Oh, nice. Okay, well, so. if, if it's like that where you are, great. If it's not, um, your doctor's probably going to look at your foot and probably poke it and see where it hurts. Does this hurt? Does that hurt? That kind of thing, just to figure out what's going on. Um, you might want to be prepared before you go see your podiat- podiatrist or your doctor. So you would want to record what your symptoms are, when they, how long you've had them, uh, any key information about yourself, like what kind of activities you're doing, your family's medical history, any medications you're t- taking, and then what kind of activity level you have. Like, do you have a, a really physically active job or do you do a lot of standing on concrete or walking on concrete or other hard surfaces? And uh, also what kind of shoes you wear. So uh, I would probably recommend taking the shoes you wear to work to your appointment so they yeah. can see the shoes that you're wearing. For sure. And if you wear one all the time at work and one all the time at home, bring them in. Yeah. If you have to go in there with three pairs of shoes, do it. Yeah. Because they'll be able to tell you that maybe you should stop wearing that one pair of shoes because they're not good for you or they're contributing to your problem. And they'll watch you walk, but they can also tell things from the wear pattern on your shoes as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I always find that funny when you flip over your shoes when they're worn out and you go, oh, I walk funny. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, and again, with the same with any other medical condition, when you notice something wrong and being letter carriers, even plant workers are on your feet all day. Yeah. As soon as you notice something wrong, get it checked. Uh, and you can go to a podiatrist just for a checkup on your foot too. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I should do that. I mean, I don't have a lot of foot pain, but I should go just to make sure there's nothing wrong. We did have our podiatrist booked to come into the depot actually and do a floor talk on uh, foot care and specifically plantar fasciitis because it's so common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then COVID, of course, canceled that, her good friend COVID. And uh, hopefully we'll have that booked in again as soon as possible. Yeah. If you're looking for activities for your Eldrashta plan to help your, your depot or your facility, I think that one of the ones that would really be worthwhile okay um so normally they don't normally do um x-rays or uh, scans but if, if they're worried that something else might be going on they might do that as well yeah during diagnosis that's where they right. found it i had the, that bone spur the bone spur right yeah mine didn't come on like uh sometimes there's a soreness that leads to the sharp pain whereas mine went directly to the sharp pain which is why they wanted to x-ray it and check oh, in. to make sure you hadn't yeah. broken something yeah, pretty much. Mm. But a lot of people will skip that soreness and just go to the sharp pain. And it's it's hard with soreness because we're litter carriers on concrete all day. So your feet are going to be sore like once in a while. It's just right. something that happens. Well, and I think know. a lot of us, we get that in our heads that my feet are going to hurt all the time and that's just normal. Yeah, if it's the odd day, everyone's going to have a day where their feet are sore. But if it's all the time, that's, that's a problem. probably something you should look into. Yeah, your body's not supposed to hurt all the time. I know like when I, I used to wear the same pair of shoes every day and I had sore feet a lot. And then I started doing this thing where I, I rotate between two or three pairs of shoes. And I'm amazed at how much that improved my foot pain. Like I barely ever have foot pain anymore. And if I do, it's like at the end of the week on a Friday, if I did overtime. So that's pretty awesome compared to how it used to be. I used to get home and be like, my feet just ache all the time. So, um, so treatments are almost the same as the preventions. Yeah, other than the orthotics, it's a lot of stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of do the opposite 
of what you do all day. If you're sitting all day, make sure you walk, make sure you get that foot moving. If you walk all day, um, make sure you give your feet some rest at some point. Uh, when you sit down, in either case, uh, make sure you move them, get them stretched out. You know, if you're under a desk or at a machine, you know, lean back on your toes a little bit, get that foot going, stand up, lean against the wall, push that calf muscle back. Um, and if you're walking all day, just stop and do something different. Stop and stretch it out. You know, uh, give it a rub if you can. You know, rub your fist into the bottom of your, your foot if you can. Right. But yeah, it's kind of, like I say, it's, they're not really sure what causes it, but it seems to be extremes at either end. That is most often the cause. So just change things up, I think, is what I would say. Right. Um, there's also, um, of course, you can use painkillers to, to deal with the the discomfort temporarily. I, in no way do we recommend becoming dependent on painkillers long term. <laughs> <laughs> Just be careful. That's what I'm saying. Um, generally, they say that if you're using it for more than a few weeks at a time, then probably you need another solution, right? Um, there's also uh, the, the foot wrapping. Do you want to explain that? Uh, the, the brand name is Spider Tape. I'm not sure what they call it in general, but it's um. kind of like a tensor bandage that's sticky. So you just wrap the bands around your feet and it keeps a constant tension on your foot without squishing the entire foot, without cutting the circulation. So you can just tighten up uh, with plantar fasciitis the bottom of your foot. So you'd wrap these bands kind of, they're kind of like giant bandages almost around the bottom of your foot and up the side a little bit, but not so it's all the way around touching the whole foot. You still have full movement, but it keeps some pressure on there. Uh, that didn't help me so much, but I know some people... Nope. Some people, that's all they do, and uh, they wear them for life sometimes. So it was basically like taping your foot, wasn't it? Like Yeah, but it doesn't go all the way around, so it doesn't cut off circulation or limit movement. Or so it was taping even. it lengthwise? Nope, from or side to side, side, to side. underneath. Okay. And I put three strips on the bottom of my foot, and it uh, helped a little bit, but it wasn't a big thing for me. So 90% of the time, stretching, orthotics, and, uh, you know, at first when it's bad, putting ice on it is going to fix the problem. Right. So the other 10% of the time is when you might need something more severe. And then they can do uh, steroid injections right. into the tendon. Uh, there's a few other medications they can use. And there's another, I forget what it's called, right? but there's, it's kind of like they put sound waves into your foot. They use it to break oh, up. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Um... They use it to break up kidney stones and stuff normally. But they can also use it to kind of massage the tissues from the inside out and this is basically two sound waves coming from different directions and where they meet causes a vibration in the tissue uh, extracorporeal shockwave therapy extra whatever she said <laughs> shockwave therapy yeah so, it's, it's kind of like getting a deep tissue massage from the inside out and that uh, can help with a lot of issues too but mostly like i say it's stretching and time that's going to do it for me i got it first uh, almost exactly a year ago when it happened and nine out of ten days I wear my orthotics and I don't notice once in a while I will wake up in the morning and I will still get it but it's nowhere near as bad as it was uh, I also am not listening to the advice I'm, advice I'm giving you and not stretching it nearly as much as I should because again I think we covered Jeez, the stupid Kevin. part <laughs> <laughs> it's like my 17th mention today okay um also, if you're if you're noticing that it's uh, really painful first thing in the morning, you can also try the night splint thing. So basically, mm. uh, it's like splinting your splinting your foot so that it's uh, 
so that your toes are up towards your shin and then like mm. binding it like that while you sleep. It's kind of so like a that, hard cast. It was yeah. recommended that I could try it if it doesn't work because mine was fairly bad, but it did work so I didn't need it. But yeah, it's like having a hard cast that holds your foot in a semi-flex position and stretches that tendon all night. And, it, and if you want a more extreme version of that, there's also like a boot thing that you can put on that does the same thing, but um, that's a little bit more uh, extreme and it's going to limit your, your motion a little bit more. This is, the night splint is just while you're sleeping so that you don't wake up with that, uh, with that pain. Yeah. And I think that's something you would do all the time at first. And then mm -hmm. once you got more used to it, you'd wear it like once a week kind of thing. Yeah. They say that if once it doesn't hurt anymore, you probably don't need to night splint anymore. Yeah. And you just kind of cap it as a maintenance thing for once in a while, if at all. Um, so if you're doing all of these things and it's been over a year and you're still having pain, they might start talking about uh, surgeries to correct the problem. So you can have a surgery that uh, can lengthen the muscle in your calf or just to uh, release some of the pressure in the, in the plantar fascia on the bottom of your foot. Uh, but those are kind of extreme measures, so your your doctor's probably going to insist that you try all of the other options yeah. first. I didn't see the percentage on that, but I got the impression that it was pretty, like really pretty rare, rare that you yeah. need to have surgery for it. Well, because like with any surgery, there's risk of complications. You could have nerve damage or in infection, right? Scar because tissue is something you don't need in your foot either, or anywhere, right? Really, especially in your foot where it's moving all day. Scar tissue that would be painful. But uh, oh, and the bone spurs too—that's something they. They used to go in there and grind off all the time. They find out they found out that the way that bone heals is often rough and causes more damage than the spur does. Mm. So I asked about that because my bone spur was significant. I haven't had an X-ray since. I don't know how much it's gone, but they generally will wear down on their own over time. Well, and the research says says that most people with bone spurs actually don't have pain caused by the bone spur. No, they're actually fairly common. Everybody probably has a couple little yeah. ones somewhere, uh, but the one in on my one foot was a little yeah the, little I'm not saying that people with bone spurs don't have ever oh, have no. pain I'm just saying that it's it's actually really common to have it and not have any pain from it yeah so. but mine was uh fairly bad and they still said don't worry about it. it'll go away on its own which I guess takes longer but you know grinding it off causes more damage in the long run than it fixes and they tend to come back more and that just sounds so unpleasant the thought of having your bones ground down yeah <laughs> like no thanks <laughs> but uh yeah oh this is one thing I thought was funny when they talk about re replacing your shoes when they get worn out. Uh, they say that every four to 500 miles when you should replace <laughs> your shoes. Well, I guess a lot of people so, have Fitbits so like now. So it's... once a month you'd buy new shoes or what? I like, <laughs> It's kind of insane. My route is, oh. is about 20 kilometers a day. So it'd be 100 kilometers a week. That's Yeah, that's that, our boot and glove allowance does not cover that. It barely covers one. Yeah. Um, we also didn't talk about the rice method. Have you heard of that? The, no. Oh, okay. So it's like it, to, to deal with uh, plantar fasciitis, if you have the pain, the rice, well, rice method is... is an acronym? Yeah. So R is rest. Uh, so basically rest, stop doing the exercise that's hurting your foot for a little while. Take it easy. I is ice. So apply ice uh, usually for a 15 to 20 minutes. They say three or four times a day uh, if you can. Um, C is compress. So um, wrapping it tightly and uh, uh, also you could do that splinting thing. And then E is elevate. So put it up on a pillow, get it, get it raised up to reduce swelling. Great. And for any inflammation, soft tissue injury, that's kind of the, yeah. the general thing. Rest, ice, compress, and elevate. Right. Rice. Rice. <laughs>
this is not really um, scientifically proven, but there has been it has been suggested that certain supplements can help you to repair your your plantar fasciitis. So, of course, a balanced diet is the best for any medical condition. Uh, but they also suggest that uh, increasing your vitamin C, zinc, glucosamine, bromelain, or fish oil can help. But again, not scientifically proven. If you want to try it, go for it. Uh, of course, talk to your doctor before altering your diet. Yeah, there's lots of evidence for that, but it's all anecdotal. There's, if you look right. online, there's actually, actually find a ton of experimental treatments. So this is one of the ones that seems more realistic just from the amount of anecdotal evidence. Well, I think there's a lot of people with... Um, muscle issues that find glucosamine to be helpful like muscle and joint pain so that makes sense to me the rest well fish oil same idea you know lubricate the joints yeah another unproven technique that some people say is good is uh called dry needling which is a form of acupuncture where they actually put needles into the skin i'm not sure how that helps tissue that's painful because it's breaking up you think sticking a needle in it would make it more painful or yeah. break it up more but apparently it works for some people and again there's not really a lot of scientific evidence on that but you know if nothing else is working yeah but maybe it maybe it changes the perception of pain could be i don't know hmm. i don't know but that's plantar fasciitis something that's uh far too common with letter carriers in particular yeah, I, w- I would imagine that it's pretty common with all postal workers. Like, like I say, 10% of the population, so even yeah. if it's not job-related, there's a significant chance you'd get it at some point anyway. Yeah, so I guess the takeaways here are if you're having a lot of foot pain, before it becomes <laughs> a problem so that you can't walk or you're only walking on one toe, um, go talk to your doctor or see a podiatrist and see if this applies to you and what you can do to make it better. Yeah, stretch lots, which you all should be doing for a lot of different reasons. And uh, mix up your day as much as you can. If you're doing the same thing all day, change it, which is, again, a generally yeah. a healthy thing to do for any condition. Yeah, and, and you know, if you're doing the, the stretching of your foot and finding that that's helping, that's probably a good sign that this is what's causing your pain. All right, so that's it for this week. Everybody go out and buy some sensible shoes, and we will talk to you next week. Okay. Have a good week. Seriously, like not between your toes, but like trying to trying to get it in this part of your in like I, I'm trying to show you the part of my foot, but they can't see it. Um, so it's like in the arch of your foot. You're trying to grab stuff with that. Is that possible? It is possible. <laughs>